hey, hey, what's bustin'? Tell me what's a happening. This is the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 64. Folks, this is Pyromaniac Mo. You can follow me on Twitter. That is at P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O. Of course, the regular crew can be followed at P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one, A-C. The intro music is from a band called Stiff Little Fingers. The song, Gotta Get Away. Stay tuned at the end of the pod. You can hear the song in its entirety. Now, it's been more than a little, to quote a fantastic Keller lyric. Keller Williams, that is. Now, my family keeps getting bigger and bigger. My three children, whom you actually may hear thundering around above us as we speak, are amazing. They keep me busy. But, of course, fantasy is my passion. Pyro is my family. Now, if you're an old-school Pyro kid, it's good to be back. I've not recorded a show in well over a year. If you're new to Pyro, the Pyro Light is a slimmed-down version of the Francis Ford Coppola Marathon podcast that the Pyro crew normally puts out. I'm hoping to do a pod here and there as we get ready for the 2018 season. I used to do one every week during the season and recorded and talked to a lot of great people. I would often have guests on. In fact, almost every show I'd have a guest on. Now, just something to tide you over until the next full Pyro podcast. I've got something special for you today. I finagled one of my favorite guests of all time, NFL scout Dave T. Thomas. You just have to hear this guy. His scouting knowledge is unbelievable. I mean, literally, even before we started, I mentioned a a player's name, and Dave does three minutes on him, pulling out uh, numbers and statistics and what he did in junior high. It's just unbelievable. I don't know how his mind can access the 50-plus years of information he has, but the information is extensive. For decades, he created the NFL Scouting Report. This was the NFL official scouting report that was sent to every team before the draft. That was all Dave T. The man has been an NFL scout institution since the age of 14. No joke. And today, Dave T. and I talk about rookie running backs. Now, there's a plethora of them, so we limited the conversation to those taken in the first four rounds. Who can help you on your fantasy team? Plus, we toss out a few names of interest at the end. So, I have to say, it's a pleasure to be back behind the mic But you are here for the fantasy goo. So without further ado, Dave T. Thomas. All right, Pyromaniacs, as promised. Uh, Been a long time coming. I'm here with Dave T. Thomas's. Of course, you know him from Scouting Services, Inc. He has been providing NFL scouting reports since the age of 14 for more than 50 years. He, of course, is the publisher of the NFL Draft Report. You can hear him on the Scouts Honor Podcast, Dave T., how are you, my brother? Pretty good, pretty good. I tell you, it's time for all the little boys to get into training camp right now. Everybody's showing up with their lunch pails, uh, their blankie, and hoping everything goes well when the camp council tells them it's time to have your bug juice. Well, yeah, we're going to jump right in today. We're talking uh, rookie running backs, and there's a plethora of them. So basically, we're going to keep it to about, you know, 15 or so. Essentially, the guy's taken in the first four rounds, and then we might toss out a few names at the end. So, of course, we got to start with Saquon Barkley, 6'2", 233. Uh, second fastest RB time at the 40 with a 4-4. Dave T., I mean, can you tell us something we don't know about Saquon Barkley? What do you th- What do you think of this kid? Well, I think he's probably the best 
pass protector or running back you're going to see. And Eli definitely is going to need help. You look at the offensive line. They went through a lot of struggles last year, even though they brought in Nate Soldier to move in Eric Flowers over to the right tackle spot. Now, I remember what one giant says, it's not easy moving from the left side to the right side. He says, listen, if you're a right-hander, try wiping your butt with your left hand and see how successful you are. <laughs> I think what we're going to see over here, though, is the chemistry that Soldier brings. Look what's happened in training camp over there. All of a sudden, you're turning around. These guys are eating together. They're talking together. They're communicating together. You need that chemistry up front. And until you get that chemistry up front, understand one thing. Saquon Barkley is a good running back. He's a great running back. But till the offensive line is able to create the holes for this kid, he's going to have to be the workhorse. And we saw what happened last year over at Penn State. One great game, one average game. Two great games, two average games. Why? Because he had a similar offensive line to what he's facing this year with the New York Giants. I say for him, let's wait till year three. That's when he'll be producing at a Todd Gurley rate. Now, there's some talk about the the role that Jonathan Stewart's going to play. Do you think he's over the hill, or is he really going to contribute? Well, I mean, if you need a running back whisperer, yeah, because he brings a lot of experience. Okay. But I don't see Stewart no more than a third uh, running back for them. I think Wayne Gallman needs some time out there on the field then. Uh, I just I, I question that signing, especially at the money that they gave to the guy. So end of the year, you think Gallman's going to log more snaps than Stewart? Yeah, but I think neither one of them are going to have much snaps anyway. This is Saquon's ball, and he's going to be running with it. Yeah, Saquon, I mean, I certainly don't follow the draft as closely as you do. And since we jumped off right into it, Dave T., in case we got some new pyromaniacs, uh, tell us how you got into scouting. I think it's a, a great story. You were 14, is that right? Well, actually, 13, my uncle took me out to Thousand Oaks. He went to high school with Al Davis, uh, sat into the scouting room because uh, my uncle did scouting in the NBA, uh, sat in the scouting room, and I started laughing when Al's scouts were whipping out newspaper clippings. So he asked me what I was laughing about. I told him, I said, is this how you guys scout? Jeez. He said, hey, if you could show me you could do anything better, go ahead and do it. Next year I showed up, 4,000-page report. <laughs> now, mind you guys, this is even before Commodore 64. This is even before word processors. <laughs> me and that typewriter, I really hit those keys on. But uh handed in the report. Next thing I know, that was history. Team started signing up. I started giving them the reports. The whole thing when I started, though, was I didn't want to go out there and give opinion. I wanted to be Jack Webb from Dragnet. I wanted to give the facts. Let them make the opinion, and I think they appreciated that. I gave them the knowledge. I gave them the game-by-game -game breakdown of these guys. I showed them play-by-plays on the guys. I showed them trends of the ball players out there. Hell, it was Jim Finks and I did actually back in the late 60s, early 70s that devised the uh, grading system for uh, linebackers, uh, not linebackers, for offensive linemen, and you still don't even see that being universally braced, but there had to be a gauge on how you would go ahead and judge an offensive lineman himself. Uh, mostly the only way you judge an offensive lineman is when somebody in the stands is booing when the flag comes out on the field. I love it. I love it. And hopefully uh, as we go, we'll hear a few of these stories from your storied career. As you said, Dragnet, let's stick to the facts, baby. Uh, Rashad Penny. He was taken uh, 1.27, second back taken to Seattle from San Diego State. Uh, got a tough offensive line there. We got a lot of backs there. We got Penny, Chris Carson. Of course, you got Procise. You've got McKissick. This is a team that only had one rushing 
touchdown last season. I think McKissick got like a 20, 30 yard run. Do you like Penny and where he was taken? Well, let me put it to you this way. Let's go back to draft before when the New Orleans Saints ended up taking a guy in the third round out of Tennessee. All of a sudden, this guy ends up walking away with rookie of the year. In Penny, what Seattle sees is an even expanded version of what Kamara is because Penny could also return kicks. He could return punts. He's an excellent receiver out of the backfield. I don't see him carrying the ball 25 times out of the backfield, but I see him getting 25 touches. So if the guy goes out there and averages, let's say, five yards a touch, he's putting a buck and a quarter on my total offense total by the end of the game. That's what I think they're looking for at him. I'm just surprised they didn't double up because if you look at their other running backs, well, you know, uh, Procise still hasn't really come into his own after being the third-round selection in 16. Chris Carson showed flashes last year, but, hey, you know, there was a reason why he ended up in the seventh round. Uh, Mike Davis was brought in, but he was a cast-off from San Francisco, and look at the RBs that they had down there. So they're putting a lot of uh, pressure. They're putting a lot of uh, trust and control in this kid coming through. Still, no matter what they do, I mean, it's going to be him and Russell Wilson back there fearing for their lives with probably the worst offensive line in football. Yeah, most rushing yards in college last year, 2248. Do you think it's his job alone, or do you see Chris Carson or Davis? Uh, Let me put it to you this way. The only way another running back out there starts before Penny starts is if Penny is on the IR. What about my guy Procise? I'm a Notre Dame fan. He's always banged up. Is he going to be the third down back if he stays healthy? Uh, possibly. I really wish they would have, uh, you know, they experimented with him there. And even at Notre Dame, they experimented. I would keep that kid as a slot receiver. Yeah, he played receiver at uh, Notre Dame, moved around quite a bit. I-, I love him. I just wish he could stay healthy. You know, it puts an added element. If you got a slot receiver that could handle the end arounds and the reverses on top of it, it, it brings a new dimension to your offense out there. And like I said, till that offensive line starts shaking hands with each other, anybody in that backfield is going to have to be cat quick and is going to have to be able to break a big run because they're going to have to create on their own mode. This is not going to be something where they're going to have those rush lanes open for them. Well, let's move to uh, the other side of the country. At the tail end of the first round, Sony Michelle from Georgia, taken by the Patriots, which was a surprise grab. They don't usually take a running back that early. Last season, 1,227 rushing yards, 16 TDs in Georgia. They've got a crowded backfield. Burkhead's there, uh, James White, Gillisley. What do you think about Sony Michelle? I think Burkhead's going to end up starting. Uh, you know, the Jeremy Hill situation was they were going to clean the house anyway. They lost a couple of running backs, especially Lewis. Uh, you turn around and bring Sonny Michelle in. If you're going to start this guy, you went the right route because why? You brought in an offensive tackle with Sonny Michelle averaged 8.12 yards behind. And you you look at the situation that they're going to have to go on the offensive line. It's going to be key to get their left tackle situated. Once you get that left tackle situated, once the offensive line is able to work in unison, I think Sonny's going to start taking away carries from Burkhead. If he opens the season as a starter and gets 20 touches a game, Sonny Michelle is probably my favorite for AFC rookie of the year. All right. And uh, what do you think of the the Belichick pick? He kind of went against his his normal draft procedure. Do you you like this pick here at uh, 31 of the first round? 
I mean, you can't go into the season with just Burkhead, White, and Hill as your running backs. You saw what happened last year in the Super Bowl. If you can't get that ball moving, you need to go ahead and start uh, pounding the ball inside the tackles, and that's their problem in the Super Bowl. I think, you know, anytime anybody tries to question Bill uh, Bill Belichick, he proves them wrong by the end of the year. Yeah, Wiley Bill, Wiley Bill. Now, we got Nick Chubb, Georgia, went to the Browns, third pick Nicky. in the second round. Oh, is he a, boy. Is he a guy that's going to play with, with Hyde and Duke Johnson, or is he a dynasty kind of guy that might be playing more next season? What do you think of Chubb? Let me put it to you this way. It all comes down to the surgically repaired knees. If those knees hold up, Cleveland has their own version of Le'Veon Bill. This is a guy that shared time with Sonny Michelle over there. If he ends up st- starting and Sonny Michelle ends up starting it's going to be a one-two battle going down the race for the rookie of the year honor I think Carlos Hyde was a good pickup for him they bring something out there and I think they're going to go with the veterans early Tyrod Taylor Carlos Hyde uh but Chubb he brings another opportunity to the game it's a shame though because now you got a ball player that's probably going to end up on uh, the waiver wires that some team might pick up and end up with a sleeper not this year but another year because they'll have to adjust to miss training camp and that's Matt Days. do you see the same type of athleticism with Chubb after the injury do you see the same type of explosiveness he once had is it going to come is it is it lost what do you think uh, you know, you got guys running four five that all of a sudden, boom, you hit them, they go down on the spot. I got guys running four six five. You hit them, you got to bring your gang with you. Uh, with Chubb, you're going to have to bring the gang tackle effect. All right, it's it's exciting in Cleveland this year. They got a lot of young talent. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. You go like for it. two? Yeah. Go for two. They need two victories, man. That way they can double up. <laughs> All right, all right. So, uh, it, well, listen, a- you got to worry about a team over here where you thought sensibility was in the front office. Now they're trying to sign Adam Pacman Jones. I mean, between him and Josh Gordon, that's going to be an interesting locker room. Yeah, I was listening to the uh, Scouts podcast. Uh, it sounded like Cincinnati was the only one that would be interested in Pacman Jones. You think they're gonna? He's gonna end up on Cleveland? Well, he's talking with them right now, and from what I'm hearing, it's pretty close on the deal. But, oh, my God, the culture in the locker room last year was horrible. And now you're bringing in a guy over here that's got a lot of trouble. I mean, you know, any town that they move in, he's probably going to bring half of the team to the strip club on him. (laughs) Yeah, and Josh Gordon not even showing up for camp, right? He's uh, still working on his rehab. Yeah, you know, we did the Pink Floyd, we're all crazy. Well, I can testify to that, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Ronald Jones, USC. He goes to the Bucks at the sixth pick in the second round. Uh, he's slated. Rotor World has them as a, has him as the number one running back right now with Peyton Barber two, Charles Sims three, Quiz Rogers four. Do you like Jones at the RB one spot there with the Bucks? Uh. Here's my problem with that. You know, he's a delicatessen waiting to happen. What I mean is shredded hammies. Uh, You turn around and look at the guy, what happened last year at USC. Go back and look at 2016. When healthy, he's quite effective. The problem is keeping him on the football field. If they could keep him on the football field, I mean, Jockeys Rogers is really nothing more than a return man. Peyton Barber isn't doing anything. Charles Sims, I mean, you look at Sims. Sims is really nothing more than a third down back. Uh, I think that they're in a situation right now at Tampa. No matter what they do, the coach is going to get fired before the season ever ends. They 
got a, a quarterback that will probably show up in week four, and who knows what he's going to show up. I remember when he looked like he was pregnant a couple of years ago, and Winston's got all those issues too. Now they're stuck with the guy. If they keep him, uh, you know, if uh, they got a guy that's going to be $20.9 million on the roster next year, and you take a running back with a history of hammies, geez, uh, last time I checked, you got to run with the ball. That's why they call you a running back. All right, now let's talk about my neck of the woods, Detroit Lions. They take Karrion Johnson with the 11th pick in the second round from Auburn. Got a 40-inch vertical leap. Uh, he slated RB1. He probably got Blunt as the goal line back. He got Theo Riddick there, third down back. What do you think of Karrion Johnson? You know, after splitting duties for the last two years, look what he did last year when he got the ball. I mean, this guy's a freak of nature. You look at the, his body, you think that he's more of a wide receiver type, but there aren't any backs with the skill set, the mental approach to this game. He's a violent runner. I mean, he's got the long limbs, he's wiry, freakishly big hands, you know, and tree branches for arms. That's my only concern. He needs to get into the weight room, but you're worrying about that he might lose his body control and balance. But when you look at this guy when he runs, that herky-jerky motion just scares the heck out of you. But you got to look at his competition over there. Theo Riddick knows he's only more than a third down back. He's going to have to come through from Matt Patricia. But I think the sleeper with the team right now for Detroit, watch that uh, guy, kid that's probably going to end up putting uh, Golden uh, Tate on uh, – on uh, with the second unit, that's Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. talking. Yeah, Patricia's talking him up big time. I think we're going to see big things from him this year. They need a big receiver. You know, they're missing Megatron. Lord, don't I know they're missing Megatron. Yeah, a lot of hype around Galladay. Uh, pretty exciting. So he's got your vote. You, you like him? Yeah, but, you know, they should have, uh, you know, double, tripled up with at least some street free agents. They got, yeah. They're in camp right now. You're looking at just Johnson. You're looking at uh, you never know what you're going to get from the Garrett uh, Blunt. Theo Riddick is your third down back. And then you get Abdullah, who's more than likely on the bubble. Zenner's coming back from an injury concern. Dwayne Washington, you never know what you're going to get with him. He's sort of the forest company running backs. Do you think Abdullah, if he does not make the team, is he fodder for the Canadian Football League, or do you think he'd get picked up somewhere else? I think his agent will have him doing the auditions everywhere. And understand one thing, too, running backs break down quite a bit. So, you know, he might be that type. If he gets cut, he's not going to get picked up right away. But third, fourth week of the season, when those things and dunks start hitting up with teams, that's when he'll probably get a lot of phone calls. All right, next we've got the Redskins, Darius Geis, uh, end of the 27th pick of the second round. A um, lot of people really like Chris Thompson there. Do you think Geis is going to find a role there, or is Chris Thompson more than just a third down back? That's their franchise back, buddy. Uh, they got a steal with the kid in the second round, and that's all, only because of the BS that went down at the combines. And then people just keep it on tossing out info on this kid where they're making him out to be a bad element. There were no problems with this kid down at LSU. Sure, he reacted differently to the questions, but you got to look at the idiotic questions they hit on these kids. I mean, hell, I'm surprised he didn't get up and jump down their throat. Uh, Chris Thompson's a kid that's, you know, he's been interesting over there, but he's also been banged up. I mean, the kid out in Nebraska, Perrine, uh, he's probably now unlikely going to be on the roster. I think they're going to go with Kelly. They're going to go with uh, Geist. They're going to go with Thompson. And you got to watch Capri Bibbs, too, because he's a good special teamer. And they got a nice little street-free agent they picked up in Martiz, uh Carter. I think the guy on the bubble right now is going to be a Husker. 
So, guys, with his hands, uh, do you think he can start catching the ball, or is that just going to be Chris Thompson's role? We got to look at the way they use their running backs down in LSU. You know, I even look at some of the backs that come out of uh, college. All of a sudden, here they are. They're great receivers in the backfield. When you're going with the spread system down at college, everything is predicated to getting the ball to one of those four wide receivers. Or if you you decide not to even use your tight end, you got five wide receivers out there. So everything in college is pass, pass, pass. My problem with that is look at these quarterbacks when they come into the NFL. There's more bust at quarterbacks coming out of the spread system. System, then you will find is running backs. Uh, running backs, as soon as they get into the pros, if they're in a spread system, it's like, coach, just give me the ball, man. I miss it. I haven't seen it for four years. So, Dave, I'm curious, drawing on your years of experience, what's a guy that you thought for sure was going to hit and kind of ended up being a bust? What's one of the biggest busts that you felt you scouted was a sure thing and you just didn't pan out? Uh, the manster himself, Tony Mandarich. I mean, if you went back and looked at him at Michigan State, you thought this was going to be the guide, the left tackle that everyone was going to use as a measuring stick. He got in the NFL, he had a decent career, but then boom, he just definitely went down. Now, on the other scale, there's another Michigan State guy, which I told everybody, man, I says, you know, you take this guy over here, you might as well draft a funny farm. And that was Demetrius Underwood, and look what happened. Recently, the same thing with Dallas, with Randy Gregory. I warned everybody about that kid i still think that he's a danger to him his own self much less his own teammates you look yeah. at josh gordon's situation look at pittsburgh i mean do you think pittsburgh really would have traded away martavius bryant if they thought that he had any balance of a brain i mean they <laughs> they dumped they dumped them off on a great one because him and chucky together man i mean you know, you're talking about funny farm incorporated <laughs> well it's oakland this is uh where you got your start what do you think of Oakland's prospect, prospects and uh, the new coach there? Uh, that's where I'm concerned. I mean, we're bringing 1990s mentality into the you know right. 2018. It's a different game today. Uh, I, I'm waiting for the first blow up between uh, Chucky and uh, uh, David Carr. That should be interesting. I think everything critical for them, though, is Amari Cooper getting his head back on straight and starting to play right again. Last year was a big uh, downfall for that yeah. guy, but... You saw what he did at Alabama. You saw what he did as his rookie year. So, you know, it, it all comes down to the culture. And was, Chucky's going to make sure that no matter what goes on over there, man, he's going to have total control. $100 million, that's a nice little ducker to walk away from if your owner gets ticked off again. Right. And uh, probably Martavis Bryant then, you don't think he's long for the league? <sighs> You know, he's still under investigation. I mean, immediately after that trade went down, you know, a couple of days after the draft, they were talking about that. They don't know if they're going to have him for the season. No word has come down why or whatever. But, uh, you know, the NFL, when they start working, they start going in bunches. Look what happened earlier. I mean, what was it, like 26 guys all of a sudden got bagged after the draft itself. Eight of those guys right now are out on suspension. So the NFL, I think, is going to have another wave of suspensions, but they're going to screw a lot of teams up because it's probably not going to be announced all around the cutdown day. Well, let's jump back into it. A guy, I think... It might be a little interesting, your your take here with Royce Freeman, seventh pick of the third round from Oregon, goes to the Broncos. Now, there's a couple guys there that I think you might have an interesting take on. What do you think about Freeman and the Broncos? 
ball. I'm looking at the situation they got over there, and it's like, Royce, it's your chance to run with the ball. I mean, this is a kid that's a Steven Jackson clone. I think between injuries and inconsistent play, Devontae Booker is not only going to be challenged for the starting job, but probably challenged for a roster spot. Uh, what's going on over there with Booker, I think that if he does not have a great training camp, he doesn't have a great exhibition, they're not going to keep him around as a backup. They like D'Angelo and Anderson. He's a good change of pace. But watch that Colorado Buffalo kid that they brought up on uh, uh, on the free agent market, Philip Lindsay. Talk that I hear from many camp boys, he was the rage out there. So this is a team that is going to go through a big culture change in the backfield. It's questionable letting C.J. Anderson go. I mean, you know, a thousand-yard runner yeah. is a thousand-yard runner. But, you know, and Lindsay, they see an undersized back with good hands. He drives his legs on contact. He's a slashing style going through the hole. You know, he attacks defenders as a blocker. And when you're five foot seven, 185 pounds, and you get out there with that jitterbug quickness, get out there with where he's dangerous in space, isolating himself on linebackers and defensive backs. This is a fan favorite, guys. Phil Lindsay, uh, a sleeper call from Dave T. Now, next we've got Naheem Hines, NC State, going to the Colts. This was the fastest 40 time at the Combine for running backs, 4.38, also a top performer in broad jump. Uh, what do you think about Hines' ability and his chances with the Colts? Is he going to outbid Marlon Mack for the top spot. They also have Christine Michael, Jordan Wilkins, Turbin. What do you think going on over in the Colts? Uh, Turbin's more than likely going to be cut when he comes off that four-game suspension. Uh, Josh Ferguson, this was a kid that came in as a street-free agent uh, back in 2016. Hasn't been able to seize much playing time. Same thing with Michelle. I think that what it's going to come down to, though, is people are going to see the return ability. People are going to see an Alvin Kamara style in Naheem Hines. Mack will in the likely start over there, but Mack knows that, you know, when we come up in third down, Hines is going to be the guy stepping on the field he's electric and you say look at the guys that they got all of the speed that they got it all comes down to if Andrew Luck could start throwing regulation footballs and showing no pain by doing it so you think they've got a pretty solid committee with Marlon Mack and then Naheem Hines Oh, no, that's not a committee over there. It's like uh, Heinz and Pray for Rain, you know. Uh, Mac will get the first two downs, but I don't know. Mac Mac reminds me of a guy that will walk up to his coach and say, Coach, if you need me to get you two yards, I'll get you four yards. Coach, if you need me to get you four yards, I'll get you two yards. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Naheem Hines being the fastest back at the 40, what do you put? How much weight, how much stock do you put in the metrics that you see at the Combine? You know, I might look at the speed of a wide receiver or a cornerback, but usually I'm not looking at the speed. Case in point, let's take Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin shows up. He runs a 4-3 and change in his underwear. He puts his equipment on. He's running 4-7-2. It's how you wear your equipment on the football field. So that's where I always say is, why don't we run these guys with their pads on? Oh, no, no, no. We can't do that. We can't get a good time. No. Well, what are they doing? They're out there playing nude. I mean, we're not going to have full Monty out on the football field. Well, let me ask you this. I asked you about some busts earlier. Was there ever a guy you were a truther on? You were saying, I love this kid, I love this kid, but the football community didn't recognize him until later. Who was the guy that you really liked? You were kind of the lone lone wolf on it that panned out to be true. Who was a good pick? Davis. 
Davis. That was my boy. I got him in the blue-gray game years ago. He ends up going to Denver at the end of the draft. Now he's in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, Terrell you look Davis, at situations yeah. like that. Well, the blue-gray game, I always says was the great starting point for a lot of fantastic athletes. And if you go back and look at that, these were guys that were not in a bowl game with their schools. So they would have nots. Look at Tom Brady. I mean, he went down there and pressed the hell out of people. I put him in another bowl game, took him with me out to the hula bowl. He ends up walking away out there too with awards. So here's a guy that was a 17th quarterback in his draft. And where is the other 16 right now? Well, that's, that's great. I love hearing these stories. Tell me, you've been in the business for so long, 50-plus years. How has it changed? How is the scouting – what are the scouts – How what are they doing now that they didn't used to do? Or how has it shifted, for good or bad? How have you seen the community change over the years? Social media has killed the scouting industry because most of the young guys coming up will generally call the school, get films, sit at home, and watch them. I say BS to that. Be on campus. Go see these guys. See how they go through their practice elements. See how they relate to their teammates. You know, there's a whole lot more than what just goes on on the football field. You don't want a head case. You don't want a Terrell Owens because if you end up with a Terrell Owens, you know, uh, his orange uh, uh, his orange uh, jacket is going to end up down at Chattanooga and up in Canton. So Yeah. What do you think uh, of that decision by Owens not to go to the can- uh, Hall of Fame? Good riddance. You know, same decision. Uh, you know, I, I put him in the same case as the guy that's sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. We don't need him. I hear you. Amen to that. Um, let's let's move over to uh, 412. Mark Walton from Miami goes to the Bengals. Of course, they got Joe Mixon. They got Gio Bernard. They got a Brian Hill, Trey Carson. They got some guys there. What do you think about Walton's chances? I think Walton has an excellent shot. If not there, he's definitely going to be one of those guys people will be snatching up on the waiver wires. You know, if he wasn't banged up at Miami, cat quick guy, cat quick guy. But you look at the running backs that they have over there, you know, I think Mixon is about to make his move up. Bernard has been good for them. No knock on Bernard. But, you know, he's got a little bit of ding here, a little bit of ding there. And I think it's time if you look at what's going to happen, it's going to be the progression where Mixon is going to be the man. All right. Yeah, lots of talk, uh, lots of hype going for Mixon right Well, now. they got a nice sleeper there, too, the kid out of Old Dominion, and that's going to be a factor where you come down. Do you want to pay X million of dollars to Bernard, or do you want to go ahead and give rookie minimum to Ray Lowry? Next up, Ido Smith from Southern Miss Falcons. They've already got Freeman. They got Coleman. Of course, Coleman's going to be a free agent next year. Is this like a long-term play once Coleman's out the door? Uh, I think you got to look at both of those running backs over there and figure you got to at least have a third guy. You know, both of those guys, Coleman and Freeman, missed some time last year. Yeah. Uh, I, I think a stupid move was made uh, coming out of school, but a great move made by uh, the Falcons because I think Justin Crawford, a kid out of West Virginia, might end up being stashed on the practice squad. Uh, honestly, I think Crawford's got a little more to bring to the table than Ito does. Really? Well, you, you look at what he did up there. You know, he he was foolish to come out. If he would have stayed in for his last year, this would have been a kid that next season probably would have been a third-round draft pick. Justin Crawford. All right. Uh, stash him for your dynasty. Next, we got Kalen Balaj, 31st pick from Arizona State. When it goes to the Dolphins, a um, couple questions here. Do you think Kenyon Drake flashed last year? Do you think he has it? And does Frank Gore have anything left in the tank or they just get him for sort of his leadership ability? And what do you think of Balazs? 
Uh, we go one-two punch, I say it will be Drake and Balage. Balage's only problem is staying on the football field. But when he's on the football field, he's a poor man's Le'Veon Bell. Great receiver coming out of backfield. Probably has the best hands of any of the running backs in this draft. I, I Gore, Gore's time is up. I, you know, it's nice to have that veteran presence down there. But I think what you'll see is game one he'll start, game two all of a sudden Drake is in there. Game three he'll be in a he'll be either on IR or the inactive list. And they're a culture that's kind of changing around. You know, we had uh, a lot of bullying going on in that culture. So you think Gore is just a locker room presence, leadership ability? That's why they took him? Uh, last year, I mean, if there was anything left in the tank, they had to push him to the gas station. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's he's been doing it a long time. God, Nothing against him. God bless him. But uh, Father Time continues on for us all. Last guy well, taken. Oh, go ahead, sir. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I lost some thought. Don't worry about me. Well, I'll say last guy taken, we're only talking about the, the first four rounds, and then I'm curious about some other names that you think we should discuss. Uh, last guy taken, 34th pick of the fourth round from Fordham, goes to Cardinals Chase Edmonds. Best cone drill performance for a running back, tied for best performance on the 20-yard shuttle. What do you think of Edmonds? Love Evans, and you have to look at one thing. Williams is coming back from the wrist. He tried coming back last year and ended up getting hurt again. Now, ball carrier, you know, you start taking a couple of hits on your wrist and you already had a fracture in there, that could be trouble. Uh, they're uh, finalizing a deal with him, but this was a guy that they thought was even going to be a holdown in training camp, so that's the reason why they went that route. Yeah. I really like that pickup. I think it's a good move for the uh, for the Cardinals. You got yourself a safety factor, and you look at this guy, he could be a complimentary back for any team in the league. Well, David Johnson, I mean, it was a wrist injury. You wouldn't necessarily say he's brittle by any means, would you? I mean, this oh, is no, a... no, but you got to understand one thing. You got to tote the ball carrying it in your hands, right? Yeah. What happens? A guy comes in with a Helmet hit hits you, and all of a sudden the bone breaks again. You need to back up. <laughs> and you think he's uh, can tote the rock at the NFL level? Coming yeah, from yeah, Fordham, yeah. I mean, he hasn't played much. I don't, I, I don't care where he came from. It's the talent level itself in the ball player. I, I think a lot of people, oh, well, he didn't go up against great competition. Still, it's the matter of he didn't have great blocking up front, so i got to take into effect the mediocre blocking he had and what he created on the football field. Okay. And understand, too, this is a guy that at worst is going to handle return duties for you. Well, another guy who I'm kind of curious had great analytics, Justin Jackson. Now we are clearly out of the fourth round now. Justin Jackson taken uh, with a 33rd pick in the seventh round. Went to Northwestern, going to the Chargers, but he had great analytics. Just uh, almost in every category was at least top five. Um, what do you think about Justin Jackson, and can he push Eckler for the backup spot to Gordon? Oh, most definitely, and the thing you have to look at, too, you know, Gordon's gotten a lot of touches the last couple of years, mm -hmm. and, you know, Wisconsin running backs aren't ex exactly known for their durability. Uh, I think Eckler is not only in trouble for the number two spot, but for the number three spot. If Russell Hansborough gets himself, his act together, this is a guy that could push Eckler off the roster. Another guy I'm curious about, we're hearing some talk, Bo Scarborough from Alabama, of course, uh, he goes to Dallas. They've got, obviously, Zeke, but Rod Smith, Trey Williams, where do you think Scarborough fits in? 
I think they'll keep him around for a year just because of the, the, the uh, potential that the kid has. But he really never started Alabama. Well, when you're sitting down there and you got 10 other five-star running backs on the roster, it's next man up. But uh, I don't know if he's going to beat out Rod Smith for the backup job. Really? I think they'll keep him on the roster. But I don't know. I, I look at Scarborough and I start citing Peggy Lee song. Is that all there is? Is that all there is? <laughs> So you think I love it when you swoon me, Dave. I love the uh, the, the croner in you when it comes out. Don't don't show up at karaoke hour. <laughs> uh, that is a karaoke uh, hour that I would be buying. The IPA is for the bar. If I could uh, hear you behind the mic. Well, if, the, if this was TV, they'd be put censoring it right now. I love it. I love it, man. Um, one other guy I want to ask you about, and then maybe you can toss me a name or two. But I'm a Notre Dame fan, so Josh. Adams, undrafted free agent, signed by the Eagles. What do you think of this kid? Any chance? I, lo- I like the kid. I think he could play in a league as a backup, but my God, look at the guys ahead of him. I mean, yeah. you're talking about where you got an old version of Sproles and a young version of Sproles and Donald Pumphrey. You got uh, J.J. over there with uh, probably the worst knees in football itself, and my sleeper from last year, I raved about the kid, and I tell you, after what he did in the Super Bowl, I see him probably seizing the job over there, and that's Corey Clement. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talking about Corey, uh, Corey Clement looking good on tape and uh, using Corey the ball well. Corey in the locker room when he was over at Wisconsin. There were a couple of fights with players over there, so he, he developed that bad rap. But you got to look at Wendell Smallwood, Matt Jones. Uh, these are guys that Josh is going to have to go into competition for, but you still don't know if they're going to keep five uh, tailbacks. If they go with four, they've already promised Sproles will stick around. Pumphrey is really just a younger version of Sproles. And the kid they got from Miami, they're just going to run him into the ground until the knee's no longer able to stand up. Yeah, Corey Clement, he's a guy I've been getting in best ball. Uh, I like him a lot. Now, I tossed out a couple names again. We only hit the running backs really in the top four rounds. Tossed out a few other names. You tossed out Phil Lindsay. Is there anybody that you think is worth talking about that might make an impression this year that we haven't discussed? Well, you look at what's going on with uh, the Minnesota Vikings. They're praying that Dalvin Cook comes back to the form he was last year. Latavius Murray was uh, okay as a replacement, but they lost McKinnon to San Francisco. Watch the Jacksonville kid that got booted out of Auburn, Rock Thomas. He's got a lot of quality to this guy. Uh, The transfer and everything sort of made him fall by the wayside, but this is a guy, you look at Mac Brown, you look at Michael Boone, Johnny Stanton, the other reserves they got. If they keep three tailbacks man rock thomas has a very good chance of making the roster rock thomas in minnesota hey dave what uh we talked a little bit earlier about uh the scouts podcast that you're doing uh what else you got going on these days well actually you caught me in between moving we're uh moving 400 miles away i'm heading down to the tucson area going to be lecturing over at the university itself uh the scouts on has really been picking up we do all four sports over there and finally convinced my boy to let us do wrestling too so you know really? we got the element on all of the spots uh we got a lot of players that will be coming on our podcast uh uh giants fans will hear kind of Bowen regularly that was a nice little leadership pickup for the giants right now but I'm just sitting back taking it easy. Hey, at age 64, I got another year to go before I get that SSI check. 
Well, Dave, uh, anytime I can get you behind the mic, uh, we love it. Pyro fans love it. So hopefully we can get you back while you're you're doing your lecturing and your scouting and uh, the Scouts Honor podcast, which is great. So hopefully we can get you back and talk about some wide receivers before long. Sure enough. Hey, listen, you know, the whole thing goes around, especially for fantasy football fans, is how much points you're going to put on the ball. I like the fantasy element. It's just that I try to talk these guys off the ledge. It's like, oh, my God, my running back only did this. Chill out, man. You know, go have yourself a Heineken. Don't worry about it. But yeah. they're sort of like Yankee fans, fantasy football fans. No matter what goes on, they're going to put their team under the microscope. That's the truth. We we uh, sweat every little decision and uh, cry for every lost yard. It's a emotional thing being a fantasy football player. Well, I want to let fantasy football fans know on this. You see the running backs we're talking about over here? Heed that because you understand one thing. Your franchise running back, the veterans, they got a lot of dings and dunks on them. So if you're coming up at the tail end of the draft, look more so for the rookies. Look more so for these guys that might have an advantage of starting if the veteran ends up going down. I think we're going to see a revival of the running game this year, especially if some of these kids like the two Georgia kids, uh, the kid out of LSU, uh, uh, you got a lot of interest in New York with Barkley. I think we're seeing a lot of change. You know, Le'Veon Bell's got his issue, but look at the big contract that the Rams just laid on Gurley. I mean, this is hope out there that teams are starting to look at. You know what? We need to run the ball. You know what? This multiple receiver stuff isn't working well for us inside the red zone. Uh, I'd much rather put six points up on the board than bring the guy out with one foot that's going to give me three. Well, Dave, last question for you. Of course, Saquon Barkley, everybody's probably picking him for Rookie of the Year. If you're going to talk of running back besides Barkley, give me a couple of other names that you think could get that achievement. Oh, like I told you, it all depends on if they end up grabbing a season and starting job. The two Georgia kids are ideal for that. And the same thing with uh, over at Washington. You go grab yourself a tiger for your tank right now because that kid's probably going to have more yardage than even Fournette by the time his career is over. But... Wow. All right, Dave T., you can hear him at the Scouts Honor podcast. Again, publisher of NFL Draft Report, been scouting in the NFL for over 50 years. It is always a pleasure, Dave. Thank you so much for talking with me. Take care, Mo. All right, Pyro fans, you heard it here first. Dave T., love chatting with the man, and we will be back soon. Catch you on the flip side.